We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. We're slowly learning that fact. And we're very, very pissed off. All right, it is August 2nd, the two of the eight. Uh, okay, so enough of that nonsense. All right, so, um, yeah, so uh, we had our company picnic today. And um, while other people are still there, I am not. But I would much rather be here with you. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've been um, listening a lot to the podcast, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. And it's a really great podcast. It's, it's very sincere. I mean, occasionally they'll have guests on that maybe aren't as interested in being sincere, which is kind of a bummer. But it's fine. I mean, Conan's funny and the guests are funny and whatever. But, I mean, if you really want to get a sense of the sincerity, listen to the Stephen Colbert episode where they have this great moment bonding over the fact that they are both doing this insane job that most humans don't understand and how it's tough and how it's challenging and but why they love it and all the weird things that go on about it. Um, I, I love that one. I love... Um, oh, there's a, a whole bunch of them that are great. Um, but anyway, um, so the whole idea, the, the whole idea is a lie, right? The whole idea of the premise of the show is, and then I realize idea and premise are the same thing, but the premise of the show is that Conan O'Brien is an adult man who doesn't have many friends. And as an adult man who does not have many friends, I totally uh, uh, understand that. And so I was really excited to listen to the podcast, of course. Oh, I forgot to mention, our musical guest uh, is returning, Ida Maria. I just, everything she does is amazing. It's so good. And I, you know, there are people I could have put on in the background, but it doesn't make any sense if I don't know them or like them or care about them. And... Um, I everything she does is good, and most people don't know who she is. So, um, enjoy more Ida Maria. But you listen to the uh, Adam Sandler episode of Conan O'Brien's podcast, and it's very clear that he and Sandler are indeed friends. Like there are a couple other guests that are like that. It's like. Oh, you motherfucker, this is all lies. You got plenty of friends. You work too goddamn much, which is why you don't see them, but you have friends. Like, Sandler lives down the block from you. You could see Sandler whenever you wanted, but you just don't. So, um, the reason I bring this all up is because I was at our company picnic and I have been, for the last four months at this new job, trying to make friends. And I really just don't know what happened. I, I don't know if it's the company or it's what. I don't know, but I just 
can't seem to find anybody at this job I'm friends with. There was one guy I, I really do like. Uh, he got moved to another office. Uh, I saw him at the picnic and I was instantly like, I'm glomming onto you, dude. Oh, here's a little instant karma. This is such a good song. Ah, everything she does is great. Um, but his name is Bruce. And... Oh, I got, sorry, I had to take a dance break right there. Uh, his name is Bruce. He's a really nice guy. But he's also kind of bad at conversation. Like, I, I, I do want somebody who is going to try, right? Like, I want somebody who I'm like, hey, what about this? And then they're like, yeah, and what about that? And hey, and then, and then we can get some sort of back and forth going at least. But I feel like I'm just, you know, sort of chucking rocks at a wall made of jello. And it's like, it's fun, but it, most of the rocks just stick in the jello. They don't even hit the ground. And, you know, he responds, but he doesn't, he doesn't keep it going. And so, oh boy, it's hard, man. Like, I don't know what happened to me, right? Like, when I was a kid, I could make friends instantly. And maybe the bar was so low or the bar was so easy, where it was like the only shit we cared about was like, running around and playing and what do you want to play tag great let's do that okay tetherball no i hate that okay maybe something else okay bah you know it was so easy i you know and and it and it kind of sucked because like most of the relationships most of the friendships i had up until seventh grade um were one-offs really i mean it was like who am i who am i in who am i sitting next to in class I'm sitting next to that person. Oh my god, we're best friends. Oh, we over here. Oh no, we're over there now. Oh my god. Oh yeah, we spend over, we sleep over. Oh, yeah, it's your birthday party. Wow. You know, it was, it was so easy. And I just don't know if, a, if nobody cares. Like, does, do people just not care about having friends anymore? Like, as an adult, are you just like, that's eh, fine. I, you know, I come home, I watch my Netflix, I get up, I go, I do my job, repeat, lather, rinse, repeat, you know. And and then being in tech, it's like every motherfucker's an introvert. And I'm just like, okay, fine. You know, the one, the one other person I'm friends with, uh, her name is Melissa. Um, she was doing the kids face painting at the uh, company picnic today. So I couldn't even talk to her. So I don't know what's going on. Okay, so this isn't going to make that much sense out of order, um, but I don't care. So we recently came back from the East Coast. Oh, this song is tremendous. There is a whole mariachi uh, section in this song that is so fantastic, because like, when do you, like, ever since Johnny Cash's Ring of Fire, like, when was the last time you heard a mariachi section in any pop song? Anyway. Alright, so, we recently came back from the East Coast, and, um, on the flight home, there was a family of six. Is that right? Yes, six. So two young kids, uh, two mom and dad of the two young kids, and two grandparents. And um, I'm not going to guess <laughs> their country of origin, 
But I know for 100% English was not their first language. And the kids were maybe first-time travelers, uh, and they were not super happy about it. They were, the kids were maybe, I don't know, six and two or something. And one of them was having a fit, and then they tried to calm that person down, and then the other one started having a fit, and it was stunning that uh, the flight attendants, their immediate reaction was, we have to throw you off this plane. And I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, I, I wanted to say something, I wanted to do something, but like, I don't want to get thrown off the plane either. Uh, you know, and, and it could easily escalate to the point where I'm just like, I'll step in, I'll save you, and then I'm my ass is on the tarmac. Uh, especially if these idiots are so hair trigger, like this is this is the way we handle this is throwing you off the plane. So um, fortunately, they they uh, just did some stuff. It turned out all the kids wanted to sit with mom. The two-year-old couldn't really verbalize that very well, and it just, you know, and it wasn't a nighttime flight, it wasn't, you know, it's just like nobody cared. Nobody cared but these fucking flight attendants. And, you know, I, 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 wore, I wrote a strongly worded email when I got home, but, you know, it's like, well, what can you do? Um, but I, I suppose if it had gotten really bad and they were going to throw them off, maybe I would have said something. I don't know. But, but, you know, the other thing, too, is it's just, like, we don't know what their deal is. Like, they might have a connecting flight to whatever country they're, you know, going back to. If they are going back, we don't know. We don't know what their deal is. And this is your response. Uh, oh, so anyway. Um, ah, shit. Now I can't remember who the airline is because I was going to tell them, don't go fuck those guys. But it doesn't matter. We're all at their mercy. We just... You know, we go where the cheapest flight is. We go where they fly to. It's not like I'm going to make five extra stops just because I'm, like, mad at an airline. Oh, it was Alaska. That's right. It was Alaskan Air. Fuck them. And what really sucks is they took over Virgin Airlines. And so it means that, you know, Virgin Airlines, which was once upon a time my favorite airline, which is like your favorite, you know, uh, cold sore, I guess. Um... They, uh, uh, so they're gone, and now it's just Alaska, and, and look, you know, it's not really Alaska's fault. Um, although it is their fault that they're not putting screens in the back of, uh, seats anymore. So, forget that. So, you have to use your phone, which means you have to use their app, which means you have to know which app to use before you get there, and then there's just this mad, we were madly trying to download this fucking app just before the flight, you know, took off and we lost all connectivity, we wound up not doing that and we figured something else out. But god damn, man, they just, nobody makes it easy. You would think they would tell you these things up front, which is the theme of today's podcast. But before we get to that, I gotta take a drink of water. Oh, okay, so before we get to the you should have told me section, um, let's just talk about uh, some other things. Uh, I was listening to Topher Grace 
on some podcast. Oh, I think it was um, uh, Pete Holmes' uh, You Made It Weird. And Tover Grace told this really uh, interesting story. I love it when people take something that's been done a million times and find a way to reinvent it. So Topher Grace was uh, Topher Grace, who you might remember, played the lead on that '70s show. Um, he was telling this story about how he had seen a, or maybe he was in it, uh, a production of Our Town. Our Town is a is a real weird uh, play, um, which uh, it, it, the way it is staged, and I don't know why it is staged this way, but it's always staged with like literally no set. It's just black floor, curtains, everything black, and there's no sets. And I think it's trying to sort of get into sort of the the focus on the situations and the characters, and not so much like, hey, look, we made a tree or whatever. But what was so cool is uh, Topher said that that uh, the first two acts are about sort of just life in this town. And then at the end of act two, one of the leads dies. And then in the beginning of the third act, she comes back. Uh, well, she doesn't come back. She, she's in a grave with the other dead people. And she realizes that she can like sort of teleport back to any time that she wants to. And she decides to revisit one of her birthdays as a kid. So this is where they depart from the regular. And the sort of spirit guide, the narrator, uh, says, okay, well, this is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. We should not do this. But okay, I'll take you back to that date that you specified. And this whole play, which has been done with zero sets, nothing. The curtain opens up and, you know, she's going back to this day. And now it's tons of sets. Deep, deep, you know, 3D vanishing perspective. There's a line in the script about how she can smell bacon. And so they're blast, they're blowing bacon smell into the theater. And it and that it changes everything. And now it's like, oh no, 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 no. You didn't understand how good it was, how good you had it when you were here on Earth. And now that you've come back from the dead, now you're going to appreciate it. Now you're going to see the richness in everything. You're going to smell all the smells and you're going to see the vibrance in the colors and everything. And I'm like, God damn, that's cool. So, so, all right, this is just some dumb headline I saw. Um, so, as you all know, I am a very disturbed individual, and um, I saw, you know, I think it was probably in the airport or something, it just was a line on the news, you know, with that crawl going across, and it just said, fires in Carbon County. And I'm like, well, you were kind of asking for it, really, weren't you? Carbon, Carbon County? So um, last time when I was talking about Max FunCon, um, Freddie Wong was there. Freddie Wong, who's done the Rocket Boom series of videos and all of these things. Um, I, I, I had seen his videos before, and I 
I mean, I understand that they are visual effects artists and they're good at that and they know what they're doing, but still it's time consuming. It takes a lot of work. And I, during his talk, he said that, oh yeah, we used to pump out, you know, one of these videos, which has a lot of video effects in it every week. And so I went up to him after the talk and I was like, hey, um, your stuff looked amazing. Uh, how did the hell did you manage to crank one of those out every week? And he was like, oh yeah, um, I, we pulled all-nighters like every week for a year or two years. And I was like, oh my God. And he was like, yeah, it's still screwing me up to this day. Like I have a sleep coach to try and get him to sleep. That's messed up, man. So this guy at work, um, Melissa, the aforementioned Melissa, uh, she does all the, like the new onboarding hires and things like that. And she introduced me to this guy who, um, she, she, well, she said, oh, this is Jacob and he does competitive skydiving. I said, what? So yeah. He does competitive skydiving. And so I started asking uh, Jacob a whole bunch of questions about that. So apparently competitive skydiving is they give you like, there's this whole list of like formations you can do in competitive skydiving, but every competition they pick four and they say, all right, here are the four we're going to be doing this time and just do them in a loop. And, and the teams who can do the most in that, you know, 30 seconds they get before they have to pull their shoots, wins. And he said, and I said to him, you know, like, oh, how, how do you do this? Like, do you practice like just on the ground? He was like, yeah, yeah, we do a lot of that where we just, you know, we're in somebody's living room and we're like, okay, I'm gonna walk to you and I'm gonna grab you and then you grab my ankle and I'll grab your wrist and then we'll just do the cha-cha and here we go. And he said, but the hardest thing and the thing that you cannot practice any other way except for actually just doing it is when you jump out of the plane and it sounds crazy to even think that people will do this. When you jump out of the plane, um, you form sort of a parabola or a, an arc if you will. And so um, you, you know, you've got some of that momentum from the plane because you don't just fall, you know, boom, straight down. You're, you're going sort of, you know, you're slowing down your, your, what is that? Vertical, horizontal speed. Yeah, horizontal speed. And you're increasing your vertical speed. So it creates this arc as you fall. And he's like, there's just no other way to simulate that. You just got to do it and get used to it and get over it and figure out like, you know, I jump and then he jumps, but then we all have different arcs. And so how do we find each other, grab each other? Hey man, good on ya. So uh, I got two uh, quick uh, crazy lady stories. So uh, we were at the airport and <laughs> And this, this, you know, they, you got the bins and you got all your shit in the bins and your shoes and your belts and your iPhone and whatever. 
And then, you know, I'm, I'm trying to pick up my stuff and, and I get it, like, it's crazy. People get crazy. Uh, and so there was just this iPhone in, in a, you know, in a bin by itself. And so I grab it and I hold it up and I'm like, hey, uh, who left an old iPhone behind? Anybody? iPhone? And then the woman sort of next to me goes, oh, yeah, it's me. Well, you know, me. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? And she's like, oh, that's mine. And I'm like, it's you. Oh, okay, here. And she goes, it's quite new, actually. <laughs> and no, lady, no, it's not. It might be new to you, but I I know for a fucking fact that is not a new iPhone. Like the the case is brown and yellow and weathered. It's small. I, Apple hasn't made an iPhone that size since the iPhone 4. That is not a new iPhone. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. You're wrong. You're crazy. And then I was at Trader Joe's and um I had, you know, I, I don't like to take my cart with me, uh, especially at Trader Joe's where a lot of the aisles can get really crowded. I just like to park it somewhere, put my stuff in it, and sort of go around and pick up the other things I need and throw it into the cart. You know, Trader Joe's is small enough. You can get away with that. So I had picked up some things. I'm walking back to my cart, and I'm seeing this woman taking things out of my cart and putting them on a shelf and then putting her things into her cart. And I walk up to her and I'm like, uh, yeah, um, you, I, that, I believe that is my cart. She was like, oh, oh, um, I'm sorry, I, I thought this was extra. Extra, 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 extra what? Uh, you know, because it wasn't near anything that was like anything else. So you can't even say like, oh, uh, you know, oh, you have 18 bottles of gin in your cart, and look, I'm in the gin section, so, oh, my bad. No, you can't, you can't, I mean, you could, but you would be wrong. Ah, so much feeling in that item, Maria. Okay, so, let's get to today's topic. So, um... Yeah, okay, so our trip back east. Uh, okay, good news. I think this may be the last time we do this trip in July. Because fucking July, New York in July fucking sucks. Um, it is hot, it is unpleasant, um, uh, humidity, all that jazz just blows. And, you know, in the past we have done it. Because the kid's birthday is in July and, you know, the kid wants to be back east and it works out well for, you know, summer and all this bullshit. And it's just like, God damn it, I don't want to do this. So we, we get to Philly and um, we go to this uh, uh, Miriam's friend's house. And she has a, a daughter and a husband that are on the spectrum. Um, and uh, I was like, oh, okay. And the, and the daughter who we met for the first time last time um, has gotten more spectrum-y with age. 
and to the point where like she can't even sit still for very long and she's up and she's running and she's making weird noises and running around you know just loops around the house and it's like okay I did not I did not expect this but oh, oh all right oh, oh okay all right this is well okay uh, and then we leave that house and we go to the kids grandmother's house and uh, Miriam's brother and his wife are there and I like both of them that's great and I'm talking to uh, uh, my brother my wife's brother's wife you know I could just say sister-in-law I really could I know what that is I know what that means but um, but it just other it just this makes it it explains more Anyway, so I'm talking to her, and uh, and she's like, uh, they had been there at least a day uh, before us, and they say, uh, oh yeah, and it's kind of weird because you know, there's more people here than usual, and I said, yeah, yeah, because there's like, I don't know, I guess like four people here more than usual, you, me, you know, uh, Miriam's brother, and you, and she's like, oh no. There's, there's this whole other family that's now living here. <laughs> I was like, what? what? What do you mean? What what other family? And she's like, yeah. And she points to these people and, and it, it essentially to say like, hey, you know that those people you've never seen before in your life? Yeah, they're staying here now. And I'm like, all right. And, you know, um, one of them, uh, one of the people in the other family, I should say, um, also on the spectrum um, to the point where he does not speak uh, and you just don't really know what's going on with him and where he's at and he kind of does his own thing but he doesn't look any different than you and I and so you just kind of think like oh he's quiet no no oh and and <laughs> The beauty part of this all is nobody told me we were going to be the ones kicking him out of his room. We were sleeping in his bed, which was uh, a bit of a shock to him, uh, needless to say, yeah. So that was super awkward. So, I, you know, again, again, why? Why wouldn't you mention this? Why, why wouldn't you just tell us Give a heads, a heads up, like, hey, here's this weird thing that's going on. Uh, oh, and then, so then, oh, I'm so glad I get to talk to you guys, because uh, Miriam, I've told this story a couple of times in front of Miriam. She gets a little mad. She's just like, oh, so the whole thing was terrible, huh? And I'm like, come on, come on. I'm trying to have some fun here. You drag my ass 3,000 miles across the country in the middle of summer. And I don't get to have a little bit of fun? Uh, I guess not. So then we go and visit her private school woodshop teacher friend. And we start, well, no, well, that's just, let's just jump to that. So, so we're, we're there with her and I'm taking a shower and I'm like looking around at like what kind of soap options we got here. And I don't really, I see one, it's like a body rub and it's like just straight up peppermint. And the girl hates peppermint. She hates mint of all kinds, don't know why. She just hates it. Um, 
And then I'm like, okay, so Ayla's not gonna like this. Um, so at least, okay, so I'll just tell Miriam that before you know she gets in the shower. Because I'm trying to be the one that's like telling people, like giving them the heads up, like, hey everybody, <laughs> pay attention, because this is different. Um, that was a little Beetlejuicy right there, that's okay. Uh, and then, uh, and then I was like, yeah, and I was like, I couldn't find any shampoo or anything, so I just like rubbed the peppermint in my hair, and then, um, and then we, uh, I get out of the shower, and then I was just like, hey, Miriam, uh, the shower situation's a little weird, um, couldn't find any shampoo, couldn't find any conditioner, like, I don't know what's going on. And so she says to her friend, she's like, hey, what's the deal? And the friend is like, oh, yeah, we use, like, baking soda for, um, for, uh, uh, baking soda for shampoo and vinegar for conditioner. And, and I thought she was doing a bit. Like, I thought this was a joke. Like, haha, I'm so green. I'm so earthy. I'm so woodshoppy. Um, uh, no, no. No, not doing a bit. No, dead serious. But she did follow it up with, I'm sorry we're so weird. Yes. Yes, you are weird. That is true. So, um, so we, we, we get through that. And then we go, uh, we, well, we, we, we were at her boyfriend's place originally. So then we go to her place in the city. And again, middle of summer and she refuses to run the air conditioning and I, I don't know I don't know why maybe because it hurts the environment maybe because uh, it's expensive like I don't know I, she used to she used to run the air conditioning like a hundred years ago I don't know what happened I don't know what changed but now all of a sudden you know and it sucks man I don't know if you've ever been on vacation to a place where it's really hot like you can almost kind of deal with it for a while when you're trucking around you know you're seeing the sights you're going to this place or that place and when you get back to wherever you're staying you expect it to be like cool you know you expect the fact that you've had the air conditioning running for the last you know five hours while you've been out seeing the town and you get back in your room and you're like "Ooh, i need a coat <laughs> chilly in here but you know it's like it's dealable because you know you have an oasis from this and then with this place you walk into it and it's just like oh this is the same fucking blast furnace that it is outside and oh and it's even worse because the lobby of her building is air conditioned but her room isn't so it's just like hot cold hot oh god damn it now it's hot again uh, you know, it was like, part of me was just like, I'm going to be downstairs. Uh, ring me if you need me. I'll have my cell phone. All right. So, um, but let's end this on a high note. Um, while speaking of, oh, wait. So speaking of doing things differently, we went to the Metropolitan Museum of Art, which I don't know if I've ever been to before, but goddamn, that place was so fucking cool. Um, we we went to this exhibit called uh, Camp, and it was all about the fashion movement known as Camp. And 
it's hard to really explain, but the way it was presented, they had like um, the sort of ticker, you know, the, the sort of dot matrixy looking electronic billboard ticker that they have in Times Square. And, but instead, you know, it was rolling sort of famous quotes about, you know, camp style. And, and it was talking about the art. And then like you would walk past shadow boxes, like full size, you know, mannequin, you know, wearing these clothing. And, and then each, each box had this own bright, crazy color scheme. And it was just so, so cool and so interesting. Um, I'll, you know what, I'll make that the poster image for uh, today's show so uh, you'll understand kind of what I'm talking about even though it won't do it justice. But the other thing that happened which was really nice was I posted some pictures while we were still in New York and an old coworker uh, a few jobs ago saw it. And she was like, wait, are you still in New York? I said, yeah. She's like, um, can you, could, could we do, do lunch or something while you're here? And I was like, yeah. And we made it work. And for all of those people at my current job where I'm like, there's no magic, there's no conversation, there's no like, let me ask you about you. Like, that's all it was with her in New York. It was fan-fucking-tastic. Like, she was part of that magic crew that was just so, so amazing. Um, so, I mean, it's that group of people that gives me hope that maybe in the future I'll be with the cool people again. I don't know. I don't know. Well, so from me, and from the cool people, and the music of Ida Maria, and the music of Bright Brown. Let's do this one more time! Tell me! This 